Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. This is the Apostle Paul. He's currently in Rome in prison, and he has been in prison for two years because of doing the Lord's work. And during these, during these two years, he writes a letter to the church of Ephesus. And he is speaking specifically on the importance of the unity in the body of Christ. So he's talking about unity and the importance of it. So I just wanted to start in verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 4. This is Paul speaking. It says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Everybody say love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So I love this, love this piece of scripture. And, and before this point in Ephesians 3, talks about how he refers himself earlier as a prisoner of Christ. And the fact that he's in a literal prison extending a message to his audience is wild to me. He's talking to the the Gentiles during this time, and he's trying to encourage them as he's sitting in prison. Like, how wild is that? I would be trying to encourage myself (laughs) instead of encouraging other people. Um, but he's so selfless in his approach, right? He's writing a letter to encourage the Gentiles to, to remember the importance of being unified in the body of Christ. And tonight I want to talk about one thing that could actually completely dismantle um, this whole idea of unity. And that word, which is not a very attractive word, is offense. I want to talk about offense tonight. And being offended, this whole idea of it. Because I think it's important to talk about once in a while. I really felt like God, earlier last week, laid that on my heart that we needed to talk about it tonight. So, this whole idea of offense, it is often a messy thing. If we allow it to fester, if we allow ourselves to actually take on offense, it can get messy. But tonight, I really, if you're taking notes, I'd really love for you to write down um, the title of my message, which is entitled, Addressing the Mess. Addressing the Mess. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank you tonight for the power of your word, Lord. I thank you that as we read it, we can actually allow it to change our lives from the inside out, God. I just pray that you would You would continue to soften hearts tonight, God, as we read your word, as we meditate on it, God, and as we take in all that you have for us tonight, Lord. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just make itself known so clearly in this place, God, and that you would just bless this time together as we talk about this topic, 
this whole idea of offense, Lord. Help us to make sense of what to do to fight against offense, Jesus, so we can live a life free from it. In Jesus' name, and for five seconds, can you give God some praise? Come on, let's just give it up. If you're thankful for him. Amen. Amen. Well, I was thinking of, you know, this, this word offense, and I immediately, for some reason, thought about few things that are messy. And one thing that I thought about was, you know, like those old, I don't really know if they use them that much anymore, but these strips of, they're like glue traps for like catching rats or like insects and stuff. Like those things are sticky. I don't really think they use them anymore, but like I thought of a glue trap and immediately thought about that. And I was watching Mythbusters and they decided to actually make like a human glue trap. And the challenge was that they would have a couple people try to run through it and get to the other side. And not one person did it. <laughs> They're like running, trying to get through this glue. And like they're stepping in it. And immediately like both shoes are coming off, like stuck in the glue. They're like their socks are in the glue. Like, and then all of a sudden half of their body is just like laying in the glue. They're like, ah, I'm trying to get out. But it was so crazy to me, like, no, not, not one person could do it. They couldn't get, it, get to the other side because it was so sticky. It was so messy. And I kept thinking about that and this idea of offense, and it's so much like that. It's like a glue trap. It really is. And it just gets messy. And we cannot let offense stick to us in life because it will ruin you. It really will. It will will ruin us. And we'll start to think of things that actually aren't even happening because we build things up in our head. We let things fester. Maybe it's someone talking to you in a certain tone, or maybe someone was particularly short. Maybe you're at work and your boss was kind of short with you, and you're like, that was weird. I don't know how that sits with me. And then you have the opportunity in that moment to take offense or to just let it go. And not let it stick to you. Not let the situation get messy. Because as soon as you take offense, there's a mess that starts building. It gets messy. But I believe that we can live free from that tonight. So there's good news. It's not doom and gloom tonight. We can actually live free from this temptation of being offended. We can be free. But I want to just give us a couple handles tonight. If you're taking notes... Just a few ways to help clean the mess that offense can bring into our lives. So you ready for them? You're leaning in. Amazing. Well, the first one tonight, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Take on Christ's character to combat offense. To take on Christ's character, his characteristics, who he is, to combat offense. But the best thing we can do is build a great defense for the offense that tries to come in. I'm, I'm going to say that again. So what we need to do, the best thing that we can do, is to build a, a defense for the offense that can try to come in throughout life. And it can come through many ways, right? In a simple conversation or maybe just a circumstance that you're involved in But we have to create a wall, a a great defense 
And the way we do that is to take on how Jesus lived his life. Look at the characteristics that he had and, and take them on and apply them to our own lives. And in Ephesians 4, it mentions a lot of those. These are, just a, these are just some characteristics of God. Um, having humility, gentleness, patience. What else did it talk about? Showing tolerance for one another and love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So Jesus, he was humble. He's gentle. Or he is. He is humble. He is gentle. He is patient. And you better believe that he tolerated people. We see that in the New Testament all the time, right? But he didn't just tolerate people. He, he did it through love every time. Always through the lens of love. And we are to do that as well as Christ followers, as believers. And I have a saying for us. I've been inspired by Pastor Matt, so I have a saying that you can write down tonight. And that saying is, assume the best, for, forget the rest. So assume the best of other people, no matter what thoughts might try to flood your mind after a conversation. Assume the best and forget the rest. I think what can quickly develop is, um, if we're not assuming the best, negative assumptions can, can flood in very quickly. If we're not really sure how it, how it sits with our heart, like, oh, I don't know, like, they kind of raise their voice in a moment in that conversation. I don't really think that was cool. Or they're very short today. Or whatever, whatever the situation is, we just have to assume the best and forget the rest. And the rest is, again, those negative assumptions that can quickly build. Man, life is so much more freeing when you assume the best from people. You give them the benefit of the doubt frees them up and it frees us up the most. It's uh, also so difficult assuming the best of someone, but then also trying to develop a negative assumption at the same time. You can't do both at the same time, right? So if you assume the best from the top, from the very start, you can't have both of them at the same time. So just assume the best. Expect the best from that person until you hear otherwise. Give that person the benefit of the doubt. You know, half of the people, or half of the time when people seem that they're kind of trying to get at you with their words, it, it, it isn't that they're trying to offend you. It might be just that they're in a hurry. I think a lot of the time, we don't really realize how we're communicating to another person because we're just in a hurry and we're trying to get things done. We're trying to tick off every to-do on our list. And I think that can happen in the workplace a lot too, but... It might just be in a hurry. <laughs> might not be upset with you. You don't have to take it personally. They might be just having that kind of day. I know that I'm not the only one that's been there where it's just like on to the next thing. Do, 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 and you just feel like you're, you're grinding. But then I think if you're so focused on that, sometimes you don't really realize how you're communicating. But we have to be mindful of that as well. But it's not personal. Sometimes just people are in a hurry. <laughs> I love what uh, Mark chapter 6 talks about. I mean, we're talking about taking on the characteristics of, of Christ when offense comes knocking at our doors. But I wanted to just read a little bit of Mark chapter 6. Because this is Jesus. He's going to his hometown. And people are offended by him. They're taking offense. 
And it's so interesting. I just want, I want us to read this Start in verse 6. It says, He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Verse 3 Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? Listen to this. And they took offense at him. Verse 4, And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And listen to this. And he went about among the villages teaching. I want you to pay close attention to that. He didn't stay there. Right? He didn't stay there. They were offended. He didn't stay there. He kept moving because he realized the call that was on his life, what his father in heaven was wanting him to do is to spread the gospel. He didn't, he didn't let it stick to him. He didn't let the offense stick. He said, all right, cool, I'm going to keep moving because I understand the calling that's on my life. People are going to get offended. And I think Jesus had every opportunity. I mean, he didn't, but he had, he had a... He had every opportunity, I think, from a human perspective, from our perspective. He had every opportunity to take offense by their offense. You know what I mean? But he doesn't, right? He still healed a couple of people, and then he said, all right, cool, my my time's done here. I'm going to keep moving on because I know what God's calling me to. I need to keep walking forward. So don't let the offense stick to you. We can learn something from Mark 6, and it's just, just keep moving. Don't let... Don't let the temptation of offense to take over your life. Don't let it fester. Don't even give it a thought. Just let it go. But we need to take on the characteristics of Christ to fight against offense that wants to barge through our front door. And secondly tonight, shift perspective to see a different view. So shift your perspective as soon as you feel like you want to be offended, we'll go back to the conversation example. You're in a conversation with someone and you feel like they're being really short with you and disrespectful. Take a moment, pause, right? Take a moment, pause, and try to view maybe what they might be going through. Look at their perspective. Look at their viewpoint instead of how you're feeling. Think about them for a moment. Be empathetic. I think if I'm, if we're to go through honest hour, like I need to do more of that. To take a moment, pause, and just think about the other person. Why? Why are they actually reacting this way? Oh well, their grandpa actually passed away two weeks ago. They're probably sad and aggravated about that. Still, I know it was two weeks ago, but. I didn't, I didn't think about that until just now. You know what I mean? It could be any example like that. You don't, I think it's so beneficial to think about why they're reacting that way, but it takes actually getting out of your shoes and putting yourself in their shoes. 
to realize they might be going through stuff that you have no idea about. So just love on them. Love on them anyways. I think if we, if we were, it, it actually would be so refreshing if we were a generation of people that would take time to be empathetic, but also take time to really see the other person's point of view and, and think about their feelings first. You know? Think about what they could be going through. Shift your perspective to see a different view. Take a look at the reasons of how a person is acting instead of quickly taking offense. You know, Mal and I, in our relationship, we've, we've known each other for a long time. We were friends for a long time, years and years before we started dating. And then we got married, and that was great. Hey, we were married. This has been amazing. Marriage is so great. And I was just like, yeah, I know her. Like, we're good. But then we got married, and I'm like, I don't know her. Like, <laughs> There's so much more to know about her. And the biggest thing in a relationship is what? Communication. And how you communicate is so important. You can quickly feel devalued or depleted by how your spouse is, is speaking towards you. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I haven't been a good husband sometimes. Usually because I'm hungry. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's just, like, 101 for all the women in the house. If, if you're ever wondering why a guy's reacting poorly, it's probably because he's hungry. If he, make, like, if, he, if he, like, goes to Chick-fil-A and then comes back and talks to you, you'll see a different man, honestly. <laughs> like, I just need food in my system. Sometimes I'm just not mindful of how I talk if I'm hungry and aggravated and tired. You know what I mean? A lot of the time, I'm just tired. And we're thinking inwardly, right? We're thinking about us instead of the other person. So we're just like, ah, oh, I just need to, you know, tell them how I feel. And then, all right, cool, you deal with that. And then we walk away. And it shouldn't ever be like that. We have to take into consideration other people's feelings. And there's been so many times where Mal hasn't been feeling well. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, she's crazy. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah, she said like an hour ago her stomach's bothering her. Okay, that's why. You know what I mean? But it takes looking at it from a different perspective. Is this helping anyone tonight? Amazing. Shift your view. I love that Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. The only way we can have good sense is by taking our eyes off of how we perceive it and viewing it from their their perspective. This will slow down your desire to get angry quickly as well. But we need to shift our perspective and seeing it from their point of view will help you to cover the offense. We can actually cover the offense with a certain thing. I want to read about it in 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 8. It says, Above all, love each other deeply. Other translations say earnestly. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I love that verse. We have the opportunity to cover an offense. If you, if you feel like someone has done you wrong, you have the opportunity in the moment to be, again, empathetic. Come, come 
choose to see it from a different perspective. How beneficial would it be when you feel the temptation to take an offense, you quickly cover it, you overlook it, right? You overlook the offense and just choose to love that person regardless. If we just choose love in that moment, it's going to lead to that abundant life. Honestly, if we can overlook an offense and cover it, overlook it, and just keep walking forward and remain in that place of just loving people no matter what, we're going to have an abundant life. Some of you guys might have heard my message about obedience a few weeks ago in church. Another way to have the good life is to not take on offense. That's how you lead an abundant life, a joy-filled life. It's to just not take offense because it can fester and build. It doesn't, it doesn't happen within an instant, right? You have to let some time for it to build to really start getting at you. So it'll build over time if you don't address it. You have to address the mess. Don't let it stick to you. And lastly tonight, as the band comes back up, take the thought of being offended captive. Take the thought of being offended captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, verse 6. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Paul was actually, he's not referring to taking his own thoughts captive in this moment. He is talking about the people in Corinth stirring up a ruckus. And their thoughts are proud and and raised up against God. Through the, through the divine power, through the Holy Spirit, Paul is saying their thoughts will be taken captive and will make them obedient to Christ. So they will be given the mind of Christ. And I really love this because just because he's talking about other people that weren't taking the mind of Christ They weren't taking their thoughts captive. It doesn't mean tonight that we can actually, we can take the temptation of offense captive and just disregard it. We can actually do that tonight. We can take on the characteristics of God to fight against the fence. We can choose to look at the other person's perspective instead of only looking at ours in a conversation. And we can cover an offense and take captive the offense. Do you realize that you have power over the enemy? Better is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you have all that you need. We have all that we need. So that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come, or Jesus has come, 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to bring life. He wants you to have an abundant life. And one way we do that is to let it go of the offense. Don't let it stick. So tonight, I really love for us to just stand in this moment. And I wonder where this message lands for you. Let's just live unoffendable exchange. Let's just choose to live unoffendable no matter what. Let's choose to take on the characteristics of Jesus, how he lived his life, take after his example, to keep walking forward, not let the enemy take us backwards, walk with God forwards. And not let it get messy with offense. Don't let offense stick to you. I want to ask some people tonight, you know, if this, if this really hits home for you, I want to ask if I can some pray, if I can pray for some people tonight in this, in this whole idea of offense. So I'd love for all of us to just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a minute. And again, if this message really hits home for you, maybe you're in this place and you've come to the realization that you actually need to forgive someone in your life, that you've allowed yourself to be offended and it's led to bitterness and it's led to anger and led to your heart to, to be unforgiving of another person. You want to forgive someone tonight. So if that's you in this place, I'd love for you. You know, no one's looking around right now. If you need to forgive somebody in your life, you're, you're amongst family right now, but just raise up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Okay. Tonight, you can actually let it go. You can put those hands down. Tonight is the night. Tonight is the night where you can draw a line in the sand say, okay, I'm going to choose forgiveness. I'm going to let go of the offense. I'm going to actually bless my offender. So I'd love to pray for you tonight. So Jesus, you saw those hands just a moment ago, God. I just pray that you would walk step by step each of those people to the road of recovery, which is forgiveness. They would let go of the offense, that that they would leave it behind them and that they would continue to walk forward with you. And Jesus, we just, right now, we bless. We bless the people that we feel like we've been offended by right now. Just ask you to bless them, Lord, that they would experience your love right now, Lord. And in this process of letting go of offense, God, remind your people that you're with them in the process, that you're with them in the mess, that you can clean up the mess, that we can walk into this abundant life with you, Lord, free of offense, free of an offended spirit, God. Thank you that as we draw near to you, Lord, as 
we draw near to your spirit, there is freedom, God. There's liberty. We thank you for that truth tonight, God. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.